stairs to the skies. It's time for Space Dive on 95PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Come in, Josh from the Stardome. Kia ora, how's it going? It's good, it's good. I'm feeling um, pretty positive this afternoon, which is always great. Oh, why's that? Uh, just, just because, just good start to the radio show and... Um, but talking to you as well, and I think there's some oh, good, there's that. some good stories on the cards this evening, mate. Um, we're going to kick oh. off with oh, this was cause for concern for me actually, because I mean when we talk about the James Webb Telescope, and mm. the fact that it's been hit by like a mini meteorite. Yeah, micro meteoroid is mm. what they call them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So NASA's they've um, released a report saying that they've a couple of weeks ago they actually detected a really small micro meteoroid um, actually impacting one of the mirrors, one of those you know golden hexagonal mirrors. So it's taking the whole um, mirror out. No, so it's just they're really really tiny pieces. You know, we're talking about something the size of a piece of dust or sand. Um, but yeah, they're a bit vague as to what the effects have been. But NASA said, you know, we've prepared for these events. And we test, you know, we test for them on the ground. Um, but they did say that this particular micro meteorite impact was actually larger than they could have anticipated. Um, so yeah, these these are just things that they're going to have to deal with as they, um, you know, they're about to release their first image in less than a month now. Oh my God! Wouldn't you be so gutted? You've spent <laughs> so many millions of dollars on the space telescope which is the most mm. awesome thing we've ever put up into space, and then it gets taken out by a meteorite? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the mirrors are fine. They're still working, and they're, mm. yeah, they're going to be working for very long. But, you know, I think... Um, and I was thinking about this earlier, is when, you know, when you think of, like, the Hubble Space Telescope, Hubble's kind of... It's an enclosed telescope, so it's kind of like in, within a, you know, tube, essentially, so it has mm. a bit of protection. Um, but because James Webb was so big and they had to actually fold it up... Um, now that it's unfolded, it's essentially an open space. So there's there's no barriers, nothing to yeah. actually protect those mirrors. Um, they're just an open space. So you know that's just something they'll have to deal with. And and they've known that because you know with all the spacecraft we have in space, um, it's a pretty common occurrence to get little you know tiny bits of stuff you know smashing into something. Mm. I mean, do you think it's gonna obviously take a few more hits? Is it is it going to have a, a fairly short lifespan? I know this is probably impossible to say, but I mean, if, if it's already had one sort of reasonable knock from a from a little meteor, is it just going to get yeah. really pummeled? I mean, it, it is really hard to say because you know they they do prepare for these things, but you know they could get you know two or three a year, or they could suddenly get hundreds a year. They're just these aren't things that we can predict, unfortunately, because mm. they are so small, so we yeah. can't track these objects. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think in the long run, you know. These mirrors will be, you know, they will degrade over time, as with anything mm. in space. But you know, maybe these are actually going to degrade maybe a bit quicker than we would yes. have hoped. Um, but also, maybe this is just a really rare one-off, and we're actually mm. not going to see another big one for a while. So, I mean, that's that's what I'd hope. I saw <laughs> a, a I saw a story on this, uh, or in relation to this uh, incident on social media a couple of days ago, and someone had just for a, like a comparison of um an object moving even a small object moving at a really high speed had shot something into a piece of solid aluminium and it was yep. this massive crater have you seen that yeah i mean that they, they do those tests um they actually do them for the space station because mm -hmm. 
the space station suffers those same dangers of things, you know, smashing into it. Yeah. Um, and even though they're tiny, like, you know, pieces of sand and something really small, because of that extremely high velocity, they just pack so much energy and yeah. they can, you know, they can rip through metals and stuff. So it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's cra- it was crazy. The, I mean, the image of this solid piece of aluminium hit by the small projector mm. was crazy. It looks like a, like a shotgun hole. Yeah, something, totally. Something so small. Totally. Yeah. Now, um, on to the European Telescope, uh, which has released new data about 2 billion stars in our galaxy. We're getting a clearer picture of the Milky Way. Yes. Um, to, yeah, another telescope, which is called Gaia. This is a European telescope. Um, we kind of don't really hear about this telescope because um, it's, it's really different to you know, Hubble and James Webb. It doesn't really take you know, those beautiful, breathtaking images that we see. Mm. Um, but what Gaia does, it basically is just for the last decades, the last 10 years, it's been scanning the sky um, and it's been tracking the motion of 2 billion stars, which is an incredible number. Um, and from that, we've now had that first big data release and they've, they've tracked the motions of all those stars and that basically tells us um, the direction of all those stars, what way they're moving, how fast they're moving. Um, and that you know, allows us to understand about the Milky Way um, but they, they found this thing called, this is new discovery, they're calling them starquakes, um, where they're these kind of ripples, or they call them tsunamis, that they've found on the surface of some stars, um, which they don't know a lot about, but it sounds pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, can, it, can this data teach us anything about the origins of um, the galaxy or anything along those lines? Yeah, because uh, the thing about astronomy is when we look at you know anything in space, when we track an object moving you know a certain direction, um, that tells us where it's going. But that also tells us where that object came from. So mm. when we're tracking these objects, you know we're seeing them all move in a certain way or a certain speed. Um, but that tells us where had these stars come from. So we can kind of mathematically rewind time um, and actually see how these galaxies, including our own, were actually forming. Um, and you know that gives us you know rather fine estimates of the age of the galaxy how many stars there actually are because we don't mm. actually know how many stars are in the milky way yes. we still just kind of guesstimate um and this just helps us you know calculate other things like the motion of our entire galaxy through space and you know the speed that we're you know flying towards another galaxy called andromeda so you know they, and these things take years this is a 10 year long you know mission of looking at those stars just to understand um something about motion so it's a pretty pretty big achievement um and it's a, it's a really great mission I've, you know, I remember when this launched 10 years ago, and it's, it's cool to kind of see that data now out. Mm-hmm. But apparently, I, you're going to have to explain this for me, but apparently it's the largest chemical map of the galaxy. What, are they yeah. just, what, what, do, what does that mean? So basically, the, the Gaia telescope, it not just tracks the motions, it can actually class you know, the spectral types of stars. So it's mapping the stars, but also what those stars are made of, because stars are mostly made of the same thing, but there are differences within those chemical elements. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's giving us an understanding of all the differences of those stars. You know, there are clusters of stars that are made of really similar stuff. There are lots of stars that are really different. Um, So, yeah, it's giving us that kind of chemistry map of what everything around us is made of um, and kind of in our galactic neighborhood. And that kind of also, you know, lets us understand, well, where does the sun fit into that thing, you know? Mm you know, what stars relate to the sun when the sun was formed? You know, did we form with other stars? Um, does this, you know, is, it, is this going to help us understand who the sun formed with, essentially? So mm-hmm. it's a lot of data, um, and they're only just releasing it, and it's going to honestly probably take years to go through, um, but it's there. there's a lot there to come through. Nice one. 
Now, here's the, the blockbuster story of the week. NASA <laughs> has confirmed that it is going to officially study UFOs, a.k.a. Um, UAPs. UA, UAPs, yes. Yeah. Some more, more scientifically uh, <laughs> scientific name, which is, what is UAP? Uh, unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a.k.a. UFOs. But, um, yeah, this, this week, I think it was earlier this week, NASA, they've come out and basically said that um, they're going to commission a team um, for about the next year to actually study UAPs or UFOs, these um, things that we see in the sky. And, you know, there was that big report a couple of months ago that, um, who was one that released it? The American government, I think. Is it, that um, came out of the Navy, didn't it? Or no? Yeah, I think it was the Navy, yeah. There was, there was like a lot of military stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had that commission that was, you know, kind of like an official inquiry. Um, but now NASA's, you know, Stephen said, well, you know, we're actually going to commission our own team to study these things. Um, and I think kind of the cool thing about NASA doing it is, um, you know, NASA is under obligation and, you know, consistent with their principles of, you know, openness and transparency. Um, everything that they report is shared to the public. There's kind of, there's no censoring. There's, you know, none of this collect military secretness that, you know, other organizations would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anything NASA does find, if they do find anything, would be available to the public basically straight away. Okay. Is the Navy going to hand over any of the data or encounters that they've had in recent years to, to NASA to try and explain, or is it just going to be NASA-centric um, encounters? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of these things have been seen by NASA, and they've looked into a lot of these you know, videos, for example, photos and you know, first-hand accounts. Um, but a lot of those things, unfortunately, are just not scientific enough. You know, we can't really make a you know, a really big judgment on a UFO from a video. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas NASA has, you know, they've got satellites, they have equipment, they have things that they can actually use to study these, you know, yeah. supposed phenomena in the sky. Um, so I think, if anything, you know, they're going to be putting um, putting these UFOs through, you know, through the hoops and actually seeing if there's actually anything there scientifically and if, you know, there is actually anything to report in the first place. Excellent. Very exciting. Yeah, so well, cool. hopefully we get some alien life. Yeah, totally. Now, hey, Josh, what's happening at the Stardom? Uh, well, we, quite a few things. We're still in our Masadiki season. Um, we have our Masadiki light show, which is starting next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that starts on Sunday, and it goes for the week of Masadiki, which is next week. So we're basically doing these free light shows. Um, you can come down. We've got light music on the building, and we're doing little free shows in the planetarium, so you can come along. Um, and we also, next month, we've got a thing called Matadeki on the Move. So we're doing a bunch of um, of free gigs, basically, here at the Stardom. Um, so if anyone is interested, we've got a whole bunch of artists playing here um, for a couple of weeks in July. Um, just give it a Google, Matadeki on the Move, um, and you can actually book in. You do need to book, um, but they are free. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff happening for Matadeki. Excellent. Hey, Josh from the Stardom, thank you very much. As you mentioned, um, check out the Stardom online for more info about everything that's happening. All right. Sounds right. good. Cheers, mate. We'll catch you in a, right. in a fortnight's time. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you, Ted. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.